Welcome to Passion Life Church. More than you can imagine. If you have your Bibles, let's turn to Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14. I want to ask you a question. And I want you to think about this for a minute. How is your year, 2023, how's it going so far? I want to ask you that because here's where we are. We're almost halfway in the middle of the year. Are you ready? 200 from today, 232 days till Christmas from today. That's, that's, that's the reality, right? 232 days. Now, I didn't say that so you can start shopping for me or anything like that. I said it because it feels like the year is, is moving so fast. And many of us have made uh, resolutions in the beginning of the year. And as time goes by, it's really, it's really easy just to forget about what God is doing. And at the beginning of the year, this is what we have been saying to you in the last probably five months, that we believe that God is accelerating things for people this year. We believe, and I believe that, that there are opportunities that are being presented in 2023 to people in moments that they have been waiting two years for. It's starting to happen. It's starting to happen. And it's this year. There's a favor. God, God is doing something. And I really believe that God wants to increase your life this year. He wants us to go from faith to faith and glory to glory. He doesn't want us to go from stuck to stuck. He wants us to move forward. He wants to increase your life, right? I believe he wants to take you to some places that you have never been. I believe he wants to do some things that he's never done in your life. I actually believe he wants you to do some things you've never done before. That makes life exciting. We have a motto in our family. Whenever we're out and doing stuff and things start to get like intense and stuff, we're in San Francisco and it's weird and people are peeing on the floor and all this kind of stuff. It's like, this is our adventure, right? This is, we're on an adventure. It's a great adventure. And so many times we can get stuck in the routine and I'm not against routine, but what I am telling you is that I think that God wants you to do some things you've never done, go some places that you've never gone before. But you may say, Phil, <laughs> but things are pretty much the same. I mean, at least so far. Yeah, I know some, some things may have not worked out the way you thought so far. I, I get it. Maybe some things have not worked out the way that you expected. Have you ever had that happen? It just didn't go the way that you were expected. I get it. Maybe already in this last five months, some people have let you down. Some people have, have betrayed you. I, I, hey, I, I understand. I understand that there's been support, disappointments already and setbacks, but I just want to tell you today. And I feel like this is before we get into this new series, what God would have me say to you, even though all of those things are happening, there is still something in you that has not been revealed yet. There's still something in you that God has placed that has not been manifested in your life that he wants to bring out. Come on. Can I hear a good, a better amen? And so here's some great news. The year is not over. We're, we're, we're six, almost six months in. And so God is continuing to work. I'm watching God do some incredible things for people. And how many of you know that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever? He's not a respecter of persons, but he is a respecter of his principles. And so I believe that he's going to do this this year. God's not through with you yet. Turn to your neighbor real quick and just say, God is not through with you yet. Come on, turn to your another neighbor, say another neighbor, say another neighbor, say God is not through with you yet. Have you found Ephesians chapter three, verse 16? It says this, 
I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power. Everybody say power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Now, how does Christ dwell in our hearts through faith? It's all by faith that he is in our hearts. There's a part and there's a scripture in the Bible that says he is seated at the right hand of the father and he is, but he dwells in our hearts through the Holy spirit by faith and through faith. And I pray that you would be rooted and established in love that, that you may have power, say that word again, power together with all the Lord's holy people. Is there any holy people in here? I'm not talking about people have hole in your socks. I'm talking about some holy people. I almost said holes in your underwear, but I didn't say that. Come on, do we have any holy people in here today? We're not holy because of what we did. We're holy because of what Jesus did on the cross. But he says that we may have the power together with the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide, how long, how high, and how deep is the love of Christ. How many of you know you're not loved with a shallow love? It's a deep love. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, listen to this, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more, come on, say more this morning, than all we ask or imagine according to the power that is in heaven. Where's that power? What does it say? Where's the power? I got the power. You know that one, Mr. Michael Brown. I think he wrote it. Where is the power? It's in us. That power is in us. It says, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. I want to talk to you about how God can do more than you can imagine. You know, it's amazing to me how as a little kid, I love little kids. I think one day when I retire as a pastor, I want to be a kid's pastor. I love hanging out with little kids. I love hanging out with teenagers. I was a teenage pastor, youth pastor for over 20 years. That's why I look so young. Thank you, guys. I, I, I was so spontaneous. You hang out with young people, you get young, right? But as a little kid, if you ever listen to them, I love the things that they talk about because they have such an imagination. They have such an imagination. And I had to have an imagination because my parents, not like this generation, my parents didn't let us as kids be inside. It was always get outside. You get outside. I was like, mom, can I sit on the couch? No, you go outside and sit in that tree. Go outside. Right. And so we would, we would go, we couldn't come inside. Right. It was really like a hotel. We were literally outside all day. We came in to eat, go back outside and then to sleep. But it's funny how things change because as you get become a teenager, 17 and 18 and you're living at home, right? You're not at home. Now you want to be out. Now you want to be with your friends and your parents are like, Hey, you need to be at home. This isn't a hotel. You don't just sleep here. I was like, yeah, but I'm a little confused here at the moment because you wanted me always to be outside, but we had to have an imagination. You know what I've learned? I don't know if this is true for you, but something happens as we begin to mature, as we begin to grow up, we lose that sense of imagination. Let me say it this way. We lose that sense of creativity in our lives, right? I was looking at some research and they were saying that um, it says kids have more of an imagination than adults because no one has told them they can't yet. Ready for this one? According to one study, our creativity is drained 
by our education because we just, we just know too much. We just, we just know too much. And yet you and I have the creator, the one who created the heavens and the earth on the inside of us. That's what he does as part of his nature. He's, he's a creator. And somehow when, as we grow up, what happens is we start to lose that and we lose that sense of imagination and we forget to dream. We don't dream anymore. You know, the Bible says that when God pours out his spirit on all flesh, one of the things that's going to happen to old men is they're going to start to dream again because most old men aren't dreaming anymore. They're thinking of retirement. They're thinking about that's it. I'm done. You know, thank God 40 years at the postal service. I'm done. I don't even want to see another stamp. Right? But the Bible says when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, there's a creative force that even if you're older, you begin to dream. You begin to have a vision. And we need a vision because the Bible says without a vision, people perish because your vision is your future. If there is no vision, then you can't see. This is why the Bible says an old man can even become inspired because he becomes and he can dream again. I hope you have a dream. But I find out, and I don't know if this is true for you, but what has happened is that we begin to grow older, we start to develop this pattern of thinking. You may have heard it said this way, that person is set in their ways. Ever heard that? Grandma's coming. She's coming for the summer, but be careful. Honey, she's set in her ways. So what is that? That's a pattern of thinking. So you and I, as we grow older, we start to develop what I call a mindset. You have a mindset that is actually your pattern of thinking. Let me say it this way. Your mindset is your point of view. Watch this. Your mindset is how you process things. So you may not process things the way I do. I'm a very simple guy. You know, what's funny is that one of the biggest compliments that I get on my, on our messages, on my messages, is like, people are like, man, I just, I just understand what you're talking about. I'm like, well, that's the way it should be. You should be able to go to church and you should not be able to understand. Can I hear a good amen? But I'm the kind of guy that just like, just let's make it simple. A, B, C. The gospel is simple. Why do we complicate it so much? Right? Can I hear a better amen? The gospel's simple. It's people like us. We put religion, we put all of these things. And when you look at what Jesus did, it's like, it's, it's pretty simple right? But what happens is we have a mindset. You have a way that you process things. Now, let me ask you this today, as we talk about imagination, where is your mind at this morning? Listen, I'm not going to, I'm not going to address spirit yet, but I want to ask you, where is your mind at? And it's funny because at church, we don't talk about the mind a lot and we need to talk about the mind because you are a three-part being. You are a spirit. You have a soul, which is your mind, will, and emotions, and you are a body. We are not just spirits floating around. Come on, somebody, right? We're not just spirits. You have a body. You have a soul. But today, let me ask you, where is your soul at? Where is your mindset at? Do you wake up in the morning and go, it's Monday. Or do you wake up on Monday and say, you know what? This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and I will be glad at it. And today on Monday is a new day. The sun has come up. The moon has set and all things are possible because I'm a believer and I didn't even get out of bed yet. But where's your mind at? Or do you wake up going, ah, problems, ah, negativity, all the toxic people at work, right? What, what, What are you thinking about? 
Because what's happening in your mind matters. Actually, you are where you are today because of your thoughts. At some point in our lives, we have embraced a pattern of thinking that has taken us exactly to the place where we are today. Wherever we are today. Now, let me just say this, because some of us can say, well, you know, I understand that feel, but you know, I've had a lot of things happen to me. I understand we cannot control what happens to us, but we can control what happens in us. And the right response is important. But a lot of us are today exactly where we are today because of where our mind has been because of our mindset. And so your thinking is really what's controlling your believing. Are you here this morning? Anybody here this morning? So watch this. Whoever controls your mind controls your life. I always say this, what gets your attention has the possibility of getting your devotion, right? So whoever gets your mind gets your life. Whoever gets your mind has your future. Let me just say this. If you, if, if, if you need healing today and in your mind, you just say, you know, what? I'm never going to get healed. Guess what? You're never going to get healed. Not because the power is not available. Actually, the power is in you. We've already, we're going to establish some stuff here this morning. But the problem is, is that you think you're the special case that this power doesn't apply to. So you walk around sick. So what you have to do in your mind is you have to give your spirit a yes and amen. Can you say that? Say yes. So as we talk about imagination, I looked that up, the word imagination, just to kind of give us a foundation of what it means. In the Webster's Dictionary, imagination says the, the faculty or action of forming new ideas. Everybody say new ideas. How many of you could use some new ideas? Pastor Phil, I need some new ideas with my kids. Come on. New ideas, images, concepts of external objects not present to the senses. But Webster's also says this about imagination. The ability of the mind to be creative. Everybody say this, resourceful. Resourceful. Now, I want to break this down. I want to talk about me because I won't get offended. Because I talk about you, you may get offended. I'll talk about me. Let's examine for one moment Phil's imagination. It's a crazy world. I'm just letting you know because I got... ADHD, AT&T, Verizon, all going on in here. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Sometimes I make myself laugh, but that's good because if I can't make me laugh, then I can't make you laugh. So let me examine my imagination and so we can kind of understand something. Maybe we can agree on this. If I were to break down Phil's imagination, Phil's imagination is the sum total of the capacity of my thinking. I want to say that again. So my imagination is the sum total of the capacity of my thinking, right? So check this out. If I were to share with you, which I won't, please, I will not. But if I were to share with you the things that I could imagine, that would be the extent or the limit of my intellect. Are you tracking with me today? If I were to ask you to share with me everything you could imagine, then what we were really saying is that is the boundary and the limit of the capacity of your thinking. And so my imagination would literally set the boundaries of my thoughts, right? If I think all things are possible, my, then what? That opens up my life to what God can do. But imagination is the extent of what I think is possible. My imagination is as far as, as big as Phil can think. And you have an imagination. I wonder what you're imagining lately. But watch this. 
So my imagination is the boundary, the limit of my intellect. But here's what God is saying to us today. God is saying that if your imagination is a boundary that you can't think beyond, there's a power that's in you that can cause you to begin to think outside of that limit. There's actually a power that's in you that can take you beyond that boundary. That power is the power of God that can do exceedingly abundantly above of all that you can even ask, think, or imagine. So Phil is not limited to Phil's thinking if I can tap into the power that's within me. Oh, I thought I'd get a better amen than that. So there's a power in you that can actually show you to ask for things that you didn't even know to ask for. The Bible says, ask and you shall receive, seek and you shall find. But but the Bible also says that God can do more than you can ask. But there's a power within you that can help you ask God for what needs to be asked for, even though you can't think about it in your mind. It's very powerful. This is what I've been thinking about. Because here's what I'm figuring out with Phil. Phil thinks too small. Phil's imagination is very limited. And God says, okay, your imagination is whatever, trillions of whatever brain waves. God says, I can do more than that, Phil. You need to stop doubting me. You need to stop living your life and limiting God. Here's what you need to do is understand. I'm glad you can imagine. I gave you your imagination, but just understand that if you ask, I can still do more than what you ask. If you think about it, I can do more than what you can think. Come on, somebody. You know, I was talking to a businessman two, three weeks ago. We were having a good conversation. We were talking about church, about moving the kingdom of God forward. We were talking about building a church. My church family, we need a church building. We need a church building. Thank you for the elementary school, but I don't know, but my butt hurts sitting on these chairs. Come on, somebody. And it's not all about our comfort, but you know what I'm talking about. And I'm going to be honest. I'm thankful for this elementary school. I'm thankful for the school district, what they have done for us. But I don't like being told you can't meet in this building and you can't meet it in that building. You know, you have to go over here. We need a place that is ours. Awesome. I got four people that want our own building. How about you have some imagination? So I was talking to a business person and they were telling me, we were just talking about church and uh, they had told me, cause I had asked them, what is your gift? What, what is your, what is your, you know, like, what do you like to do and all that stuff? And they told me, they said, well, I believe my gift is to be generous to the kingdom of God, to help church build buildings. I was like, man, I love you. And this is what they said. Listen, they said, I have the capacity in my business, as I've been thinking about this, to do a million dollars in our business. And this is what he said. That's my goal. And that sounds good, but something on the inside of me rose up and I said, why is your goal so low? And he said, what? And I said, what? Because sometimes I say things and it's not me. Come on. I'm like, where did that come from? Did I just burp or something? I mean, and it just because to me, listen, I don't want to minimize this. A million dollars is a lot to me, but a million dollars is not a lot to him. My family, my father walks on streets of gold. So I said, why so low? And he said, I 
listen, you're thinking about you. And that's awesome. Now I'm gonna tell you why he was thinking about that because he's never done that before. And that's cool. But that's how, well, that's what happens sometimes because we haven't done one thing. We think more can't be done. And then he said, you know what? There's people in my business right now that are doing two or three million dollars a month. And I said, why can't that be you? Why can't that be you? And then when he says, you know what, Pastor Bill, I'm gonna believe. And I said, I'm gonna believe with you. And he said, when I get that first million, man, we are going to give it into the building fund. And I was like, that's cool, but we don't have a building fund yet. But you get your million, we will get a building fund. Come on, somebody. Mama didn't raise no fool. No, 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 no. But watch this. So we were talking about that because I had went to go see a church building because I like that. I like that. I like to go look at vision. I like to go see what can be. So we were looking, some of you went with us, great location, amazing. So they were leasing the building. And so I asked our realtor, because let me just tell you my vision, my imagination. I don't want to lease something. I don't want to put our money into a lease. I want to buy something, right? And here's, here's my imagination, right? I want it to be debt-free. I want it to be paid off where the church has no debt. Come on, somebody. Why? Yeah, you can give the Lord a good round of applause. I just hope you're that happy when we ask you to give. So anyway, um, so we went to go see the building. It was amazing, great location. I, I, I love the, the spot. I, 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 some people said, I've never seen you so happy about, like, I, I, uh, uh. so I talked to the realtor. He said, yeah, the, the owner's willing to lease. I said, we don't want to lease. How much is it to buy the building? And he says, you can't buy the building because it's attached to a strip mall. So here comes that thing again. And so I said, how much for the whole strip mall? Right? Because if the Holy Spirit can give us debt free, listen, this is not my thing. I'm telling you what, what the Lord put in me. Why can't businesses be paying their rent to a church that's using that money for the kingdom of God and that money is paying off our building, right? Not just for any business, but for the kingdom of God. And not only are we doing our thing for the kingdom of God, we're actually helping other businesses and we can own the whole strip mall. Right? So who's to say if he says, well, the building's two million, but the whole thing is five million? Is five million too hard for God? I want to ask this side is five million too hard for God? Now I'm going to tell you, I have never had a million dollars come through my hands. But you know what? My mindset can be very, very small and say, well, no. But when you look at and say, God, I want you to do. See, here's the reality. That wasn't in my ask. My ask was just about the lease. My ask was just about buying a building. But the ask got bigger when God got in it because he says, not just don't just ask about the building. Ask about the whole strip mall. That's big. That's why I say faith has a big ask. A-S-K. And God can do more than we ask and believe. So watch this. And I'm not here to put anybody down. I just want to give you an example. So you have a businessman. Now he's believing for two to three million dollars for his business for the kingdom of God. I talked to another person, right? And they came up to me and said, Phil, I'm just, I'm believing God for a transfer because I'm commuting and I want to be in the area. 
one person is believing for a million dollars. This person over here is believing for a transfer. Which one's wrong? Either one. But what are they doing? It's all their mindset. I'll just be happy with a transfer. Why? If you are a kingdom person and a child of God, why stop thinking about just a transfer and same manage, managerial position? And why not start thinking of either number one, starting your own business or owning a place? Two people, same God, two different mindsets. Now watch this. Pastor Phil, I need some scripture for what you're saying. Okay, you ready for this? Jesus said to many people, be it according to your faith. So I can sit here and believe for a transfer and get the transfer, praise God. But I didn't believe for anything bigger in my life. And then you have a person over here who's believing for millions and gets the millions and the person who's believing for a transfer is over there and they're frustrated and they go, how come he's getting millions and I just got a transfer? Because that's where your mind was and that's what you believe for. Because the capacity of what you did was stuck with you opposed to saying, God, what do you want for my life? Come on, can I hear a good amen today? Are you still tracking with me today? And so what we do so often is we put and we reduce God down to the size of our current experience instead of allowing the power that's within us to give us a whole new experience and a whole different mindset. So I wonder in your life, if it's not the devil that's limiting you, I wonder if it's you limiting God because your limited mindset, right? Um, I was reading a book about elephants and then I was watching a documentary um, like a month ago about a person, I think it was, they were in India and they owned an elephant. Maybe you've heard this story before, but it's interesting because you have a, this huge elephant and then what, what they have is they have the elephant tied to a fence with a small little rope. And to be honest with you, that huge elephant, all it would have to do is with its leg is kick that rope. It would not only break the rope, but it would also break the fence. But as big as that elephant is, it's stuck to the fence with the rope. Why is that? Well, they do that on purpose. And here's what they do. When they're little, they put a chain around the elephant's leg because that chain is so big that the little elephant can't move it. And actually what happens, it's a shackle. And so when the elephant begins to move its leg when it's little, it actually cuts the leg and it hurts the leg. So what happens is as the elephant begins to get bigger, they remove the chain and now they just put a small rope. Because watch this, the shackle is no longer on the elephant's leg. The shackle is in the elephant's mind. And you have this big old elephant stuck to a small little fence on a rope. And if he just had a different mindset, he could rip that whole thing, but they don't. And they just stand there because the leg is not shackled. Their mind is. And some of us in this room are shackled in our mind because of past experiences, things that have, or people that have betrayed us. But I want to tell you, my church family, there's healing, there's wholeness, and there's power. And God can do more than you can even ask, think, or imagine. Are you glad you came to church today? (laughs) 
Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20 says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we can all, all that we ask, think, or imagine. The King James says this, exceedingly abundantly. I like to look up words in the Greek. This word able means that God has the power to do it. He has his ability and resources. So remember when we talked about imagination and I said, Webster says that it's the ability of the mind to be creative and resourceful. Listen, my church family, Phil only has so much resource, but God has an unlimited supply of resources for your life, right? He is able, his ability, his resource, he's capable. And then these words exceedingly abundantly, listen to this. I I just hope this rattles your, your, your mind for a minute. Exceedingly means over, beyond, more than. Abundantly means this in the Greek. It means super abundantly, extraordinary, magnificently, greatly. Ready? Here, listen to this one. More than necessary. Can I ask you a question? Why would God want to give you more than necessary? Why? So you can be generous. So it's just not like, me and my family are good. Yeah, but what about the families in Marietta? What about people who who need help? What about people who need food? right? So God wants to bless you. He told Abraham, I will bless you so you can be a blessing to other people. It's not just about me and my little family and me and my picket fence. Pastor Phil, the vision of my life is to have a house with a picket fence, a white picket fence. All right. Now you got your house. Now you got your white picket fence. What are you going to do? Die? I'm just going to retire. You know what? The world's bad, Pastor Phil. The world's going to hell in a handbag. I know. And there you are in your house sitting behind your white picket fence. But when you understand that God wants to do more than necessary, this word is surpassing. You know, Isaiah says this. Isaiah 55, 8 says, the Bible says, God's thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither your ways are his ways, declares the Lord. Listen, here's the cool thing. God's thoughts are way higher than yours. But you know what God is saying to us today? I want my thoughts to be your thoughts. I want my ways to be your ways. But here's the thing. It's going to be awkward because sometimes you don't think like he thinks. And that's when you find yourself doing things that you wouldn't normally do. But you know what? Once you start to do it, you're like, I kind of like this. This is cool. This is out of the ordinary, right? Like really cool things. I'll just give you real quick. So many of you know this because I told you this. I wrote a book. I don't even read that much, <laughs> to be honest. Besides the Bible, I mean, thank God for Facebook because now I'm reading a lot, right? Like, <laughs> but as a reader, as a leader, I have to read. Leaders are readers. So, right, I'm learning to read. So writing a book was never ever. And I didn't even, listen, I didn't even, I wasn't three years old dreaming of writing a book. Never. But something happened on the inside of me where I taught a message like this and somebody came up to me and said, if you put that in a book, I'll buy it. And it was one of the biggest, at that time, series of our church. So I wrote it. And then I had two other people who didn't know each other walk at me randomly and say, you have a book inside of you, you need to write it. (sighs) Okay. Another person, you have a book inside you. And so, all right, right, God, I got it. I'm going to do it. But I was like, who's going to buy a book? From a kid who barely made it through high school, failed the seventh grade, didn't do too well in Bible college. I think he even failed preaching class. (laughs) 
God's going to have me start a church, and didn't you want me to write a book? I'm not, who am I? I'm not even that, I mean, I, okay, I'll do it, Lord. And you know what? I did it. And in LA, people walked up to me and said, we're going to use this book for a life group for our church. And I just laugh because it's foolish that God would take the foolish things to confound the wise. But here's my point. That wasn't on my five-year goal plan. Never was. And I want to tell you something. I kind of like it now. But what I'm saying is that we can get locked into patterns and mindsets that we just go like this through life and something, the joy has been gone for years and it's because God is calling you out of this little pattern to say, I want to do more with your life than you can even ask or think or imagine. Can I hear a good amen today? And so we did a... And so in October, I'm going to be out for a week because we, we started getting favor with a head of a network that his, his network goes all around the world. And those, those of you know that we're going to be launching DirecTV here. I think it's going to be May now. They're having some, had some issues. Some people in, in DirecTV actually were upset that they got such a great contract, but then some other people at DirecTV found out and they're going to keep the contract. And so we're moving forward. But the head of the network's like, hey, I want you to come down to Dallas. I want you to do a full hour on your, on your book. I want, I want to do all that stuff. And then there's going to be a another conference that I'm going to be at. A, a friend had just invited me and there's other people there that are, that are major generals in the kingdom of God. And by that time, I'm going to have another book because I just started writing another one. Amen. It's called Into the Deep. Remember that series? Many people like, after you guys love that series, I'm like, I don't even know if I could show up to church anymore because I don't know if I have another one. Here's what I'm saying. I'm not saying this to prop myself up, but what I'm saying is that it was something that I would never even dream of, think of, or ask for. And what I'm telling you today is I kind of like it. And God knew what I would like when I didn't like it. And what I'm saying to you is that if you will be open up and say, God, here I am, do beyond what I can think. I want your thoughts to be my thoughts. He will do that. I love this scripture, 1 Corinthians 2, 9. It says, eye has seen, no, no uh, eye has not seen, ear has not heard, or have entered into the heart of men the things that God has prepared for those that love him. So let me end with this. A couple things. How many of you want to see God do more than he can ima- that you can imagine? Let me, let me see your hand. Come on, don't be shy. Don't be timid. I want to give you three ways. If you're taking notes, write this down. If you're not taking notes, write this down. Paul said, it's the power working within us. Let me go through these. Number one, our soul needs to come into alignment with our spirit. Let me say that again. Your soul, your mind, will, and emotions need to come in line with your spirit. Ephesians 3.16, we read, I pray that out of his glorious riches, everybody say riches, it's his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. Okay, everybody look at me. Your spirit is the Holy Spirit. In your spirit, your spirit always thinks like God. Your mind doesn't, but your spirit is always thinking like God. We are very, as Christians, soulish people. Many people are not led by the spirit. They're led by their feelings and their soul. That's the problem, right? So, but before the power hits your physical body, it has to go through your soul. You have to, it has to make a decision. 
the power and the things that are happening in the mind of the spirit, the Bible calls it the mind of the spirit, uh, the, the mind of the spirit, as it happens in the mind of the spirit, for it to manifest in the outside world or in your body, listen, it has to go through your soul. It has to go through your soul. So without a renewed mind, the life of God in your spirit can't be released. So watch this. Let me give you a diagram. I hope you can see it. Your soul is like a valve. Can you see that? I don't know. Can you see that, that picture of the valve? Okay. You're a spirit. You have a soul. You live in a body. Your soul touches your spirit and your body. Depending how much you open that valve, which is dependent on how much you renew your mind, that's how much of the spirit life you will enjoy. Now, some of us have that valve closed to the spirit because it's all about what we think about our agenda. And so our soul is closed off to the very power that resides on the inside of you. But if you will open that valve by renewing of your mind, Romans chapter 12, verse two says, be transferred by the renewing of your mind, right? When you open up that valve, whatever is in your spirit can be manifested in your body and in your outside world. So how open is your valve to the spirit life? Here's number two. So studying God's word will draw out the wisdom that's in your spirit. Let me say that again. When we study God's word, we renew our mind. It'll draw out the wisdom that's in your spirit. Can I ask you a question? Does your spirit know what to do? Does your spirit know what to do? When you are, oh man, I need to make a decision. What, is there wisdom already on the inside of you? Absolutely. But what is it going to take for it to get here? I got to open up that valve. I got to renew my mind. So whatever you think in your soul, your body is just going to go along with it. So if you just think, nah, this can never happen, it's never going to happen. So the biggest problem is not our spirit. As a matter of fact, the Bible says the same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead dwells in you and it quickens your mortal body. So if your spirit is like, yeah, yeah, and your soul's like, no, 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 it doesn't make sense, uh-uh, uh-uh. And then your body's like, we're still sick. But if your spirit is like resurrection power, and your mind says, God, if there's resurrection and power in me, I believe it. I'm going to start to act on it. Guess what? Body has to start to go along with it. So to the degree that you open up that valve and renew your mind is the degree that your soul will be in agreement with your spirit. So we just said by studying God's word, we will draw out wisdom. I want to close with this last point. So as you are waiting for God to do more than you can imagine. We're not just going to sit around and pout. And we're not just going to sit around and go, I'm just waiting, God. Here's what he says. Here's number three. By faith, we're going to declare that what God said, even if we haven't seen it yet. I'm going to say that again. By faith, we're going to start declaring what God said, even if we haven't seen it. That's what faith does. Faith speaks those things that are not as though they were. And I want to finish with this Isaiah 54 one. It says this, sing, everybody say that, say sing, sing, O barren, you who have not born. So he's talking about a woman who has not seen the result of what she's believing for. She has not had the baby sing, O barren, you who are not born, break forth in singing and cry aloud. You who have not labored with child. So who usually sings? 
The person who usually sing is the woman who gives birth. She sees the result of the promise of God. She's like, yes, mama loves you. Oh, thank you, Jesus. I thank God. But here's what he says. What faith does is it believes before it sees. Ready? Faith sings and then it will see. Faith begins to sing even though it doesn't have the promise yet. So faith begins to sing like, I have the million dollars. It's happening. I know. I'm not just going to sit around. And in our elementary school today, we are going to worship like God has already provided us a building because with God, it's already done. Faith doesn't say God will. Faith says it's done. But we could sit around here and go, guys, we're here today. And now look at, uh, man, this is... Or we can begin to rejoice. And here's what faith does. Faith rejoices before it sees the results. You know, the Bible says this. It says, if you delight yourself in the Lord, he will give you the desires of your heart. Watch. It doesn't say desires, then delight. It says there's a delighting first. The desires come later. And here's what happens. Watch. When you delight in him, his desires start to become your desires. And then you go, man, that's cool. Man, I feel, I feel new mercy today. I feel grace today. I have a new idea today. Man, I, I can approach this a different way today. And you begin to walk in what God has, and you begin to, you begin to see the results. My church family, I believe that God can do more than we can imagine. Can we stand today? And can we let a sound come from us and give the Lord a great round of applause today? Come on, let's allow him to take the shackles off our mind and say, God, I believe all things are possible. Come on, say that with me. Say all things are possible. Come on, say it. All things are possible with God. Come on, give him a great round of applause. Listen, I believe that there's a sound in us that we can rejoice, that we can sing, my church family. I'm telling you, that can shift the atmosphere. And that's what he's saying in Isaiah chapter 54, verse 1. He says this, when you sing, the barrenness will be broken. Emptiness will be filled. Would you close your eyes for just a moment? The barrenness will be broken. Emptiness will be filled. God. Do more than we think. We give you permission. Today, Father God, we open the valve to impossible. Let your will be done in our lives, God. See, some of us have to start to surrender our thoughts. Some of you have not been thinking in line with God's word. Some of you have not been thinking in line with the Holy Spirit. You've been allowing your feelings to overcome. You're living in your soul. And you were not meant, and your life was not meant to be ruled by your soul. It was meant to be ruled by God through his spirit today. So today, Lord, we open the valve. And Lord, we don't want to limit you. We want the shackles to be taken off our mind today. I thank you for new ideas, God, today. I thank you for wisdom. 
I thank you for creative ideas for our business owners today. How to reach the world. How to step into that more than enough, not just sufficient for me. But Lord, that we would be a vessel that you could use to build your kingdom here in Marietta. We thank you, God. Come on, some of us just need to repent from thinking too small. Some of us are always negative, always bringing in the negative, always just receiving the negative. You need to start living by faith. Thank you, God. We thank you today in advance. Lord, we thank you for the church building that you have for us today. We thank you in advance. And my church family, I ask that this week, and you just begin to pray, pray that God will do what he does. Thank you, Lord God. Take the limits off this morning. Thank you for listening today. We hope that you were encouraged and uplifted by today's message. For more information about Passion Life Church, visit us online at passionlifechurch.com.